one woman's win is a win for all women. And I don't know the amount of emails that I have gotten where I voice an opinion and someone writes back and says, I'm unsubscribe me. I don't agree with you. And I'm like, can we have a conversation? Seriously, before we just automatically go towards canceling each other, can we lean into a conversation? And that is the power of circle. Because in circle, we don't all have to agree. Every single voice is welcome. We can honor, we really truly learn how to honor each other, even if we don't agree. And we can engage in a safe discussion where all voices matter. Prophecies have foretold, and wisdom keepers all know, that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity, so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hello, sisters. Welcome back to the Time of the Feminine podcast. It is such a pleasure to be with you here today. We are here with a fellow sister, a fellow steward of sisterhood. Her name is Tanya Lin, and she is a strategic activator and visionary CEO of Sistership Circle. It's a global organization that offers leadership training for women to reveal themselves and step into their power so they can start their own circle, they can start their own business. Tanya has been internationally facilitating, coaching, and leading groups of women since 2006. Along her journey, she has found that balancing the masculine and feminine holds a secret to being a brave woman who is fully seen, heard, and celebrated as her true self while actualizing her dreams. Thank you, Tanya, for paving this way and for knowing that the path of the feminine is also about integrating the masculine and how that wholeness really brings a new level. And so I'm so honored to have you here today. I know Lauren is too, and she's joining us from Costa Rica. So just bringing in that juicy, magical, fruitful energy from that place. Thank you, Tanya, for being here. Such an honor to have you. Mm, Thank you. I'm excited for this conversation today. So let's go ahead and dive into the sisterhood. I know that, you know, global sisterhood and sistership circle, you know, are are on a similar mission. We're here to empower women and the modality that we teach is circle. And then we empower those women that want to go out and lead circles to do that work. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the mission of sistership circle and why this really like draws on your heart. Mm, yeah. Thank you. I've been inspired by Jean Shinoda Bolin with her proclamation that 
it's one million circles on the planet that's going to make the shift from patriarchy to equality. One of the things that I love about what she's taught is that the opposite of patriarchy is not matriarchy, it's circle, it's equality. And so on my journey, when I moved back from New York City to San Diego, my hometown, way back in 2008, I was looking for sisterhood. Where are my ladies? Where are the women who are also into spirituality and empowerment, entrepreneurship? And so I started putting on events. And those events led me into creating a smaller circle. And it was a defining pivotal moment in that very first circle of 12 women for 12 weeks. And I was like, I'm on to something here. And so where I went was even deeper within myself. Like circle really held the space for me to go into the feminine, to heal myself. And there was a moment when I was showing up very much in the masculine on our leadership training calls, and I completely fell apart. And in that circle, the women reflected back to me, you know, Tanya, wow, you're human. (laughs) You're not Wonder Woman, right? Because I thought that as a leader, you have to have it all together all the time. And here I am crying in the circle with all the leaders and complete mass falling apart. And they held me and accepted me. And I realized that that is what circle is all about. Circle is the place where we get to show up in our mess and heal. And that we don't have to have it all together. And we can really learn how to be our authentic selves. And so that's what I see over and over again for the hundreds, if not thousands of women who've been in sistership circle is this discovery of their truth, of learning how to be authentic and coming into a place of embodied confidence because they're learning how to be their true self. And so I'm like, yeah, that's definitely going to change the world. <laughs> this this mission is huge. We need circle. And most people don't even know that they need it yet. And they might be a little bit afraid of it. But what I found is that when it's really held as a safe and sacred space, then we get to really realize how much we need circle. I love that story because one of my favorite parts about circle is there's no hierarchy. We're all equal. We sit together and we heal together. And so like being a leader of a circle is different than this patriarchal version of a leader. You are a sister, you are a friend, and you are guiding these women to have an experience. But I just, I love that. I love that part. (laughs) I want to dive deeper into the embodied confidence. Mm. I feel like that is exactly what circles do and offer for people. But that term embodied confidence, I think it seems like a, you know, feminine empowerment cliche quote. And I want to talk about actually the mechanism that takes place, which you already started to mention, 
that creates that confidence. And I was thinking we could each actually share one way that it's impacted us with having more embodied confidence. So if you'd like to start, Tanya. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I've always been so-called confident. I've always looked confident. I talk confident. There's a way in which I carry myself in the world. But deep down for a really long time, I did not actually have very high self-esteem. And the discovery of this is part of my healing journey and how Circle has really played a role in that, where I didn't feel like I can show up as a mess, that I could be vulnerable, that I could be crying in the circle because of that low self-esteem of if I really go there and people see that I'm not the strong leader and I'm weak and I'm messy and you know they get to see the ugly side of me, they're not actually going to like me. I'm not going to be loved. I'm going to be cast out. So in being able to show up in my mess and not have it all together, and I mean, it's like showing up one day after my boyfriend broke up with me. I show up at Circle. I'm like, I can't lead. I just cried for a good 15 minutes. And the women just held me. And they're like, okay, this is the Circle tonight. Let's hold the leader. And that was so empowering because I got to learn how to receive. I didn't always have to be giving as the leader. Showing up as a mess and still being loved, still being accepted had me really learn that there's nothing wrong with me. And that is that embodiment where for me, embodiment is not this acting as if, but it's feeling in every cell of my body. That this confidence is deep within my belly, not just coming from my head as a concept. Yeah. I love what you shared there because I feel like that's very similar to me. Mm confident on the outside, but the confidence, like the self-esteem thing was based on things that were not solid. So it's like, if I felt good or if I looked good or these kinds of things. And so then there was like deeper, 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 deeper. And with the path of the feminine and the descent into myself, I got to really see that my confidence was so dependent on certain things. And so in a way I almost got less confident. first. And I think I'm still coming back because the truth is, is I just feel more. And so like, yes, there's this, there's this sense of like, I know myself more deeply, but then I feel all of the things, but I'm embodied for sure. And so the confidence piece I think is, is often like, maybe even misunderstood. Like the confidence is like, are you able to be yourself? Are you able to just show up even if you feel not confident? And so it's a whole journey. I think now that I'm more sensitive, like going into a room and feeling so many energies and being like, and and this is okay. And if you don't show up perfectly, that's okay. (laughs) you know, because this whole concept of perfection and what is this thing in its, you know, highest form idealized in our society is not necessarily what's real for me in that moment. And learning to accept that, I think for me has been 
what this new form of confidence is. I like that I'm going next because I relate so much to you. This is the magic of circle right here, actually. Coming back to, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I think that's been my biggest epiphany. And that's probably been what I've seen for most women. It's a a release of shame, thinking that we're so different, we're so broken, we're not going to be loved or accepted. And for me, similar to you both, I learned to present confidently when I was not confident. And I became like a master contorter. I would smile when actually I didn't feel well. I would bat my eyelashes and do something cute even when I was feeling like death inside. And learning to be okay with what my body is feeling, I think that has been huge for me. Sometimes my body doesn't feel well because sometimes being me is hard. I have my past. I have what's happening in my body that hasn't fully integrated. I have my insecurities that I'm still working out. And sometimes my body feels really intensely. And if I have to override that to smile and be this really cool embodied person that everybody likes and look at me, I've got all my stuff together and I'm fabulous. I feel so weird. I feel so much shame. I feel like I'm lying to the world and that some that I'm, I'm, I'm reinforcing the idea that there's something wrong with me and that I can't be loved. And ultimately I feel lonely, like I can't be met. And so when I can enter into a brave space and I can say, ow, I, ugh, I'm feeling this right now. And then everybody can be drawn to that actually, because I think we're all craving authenticity. People are drawn to that. And I can feel that they love me even more. They see me even more than when I'm posturing. That teaches me how to love myself. And that to me is the journey of embodied confidence is loving even the discomfort that I experience. Mm, Beautiful. So we were talking about this in other conversations, but this whole really patriarchal idea of competition that we can't exist in the same space, teaching very beautiful work to women to really embody their power. Let's debunk this and why it's important for us as women to like stand together and be like, hell yeah, sister, I'm so happy you're doing this because we can't help everybody. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Ooh, my favorite. Yeah, because we are on the patriarchal lens, competitors, leadership training for circles. (laughs) And yet we're not, you know, we're not, we're not competitors at all because we are, even if we have the exact same mission of let's get a million circles on the planet, I know that I can't do it alone, right? I can't reach every woman on this planet. And there's a very specific energy and medicine that sistership circle holds that is completely different from global sisterhood. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that I've learned around 
why there is no such thing as competition because we all hold our unique key, our unique medicine that the right specific women are coming to receive. And that is completely different. So even if we have the exact same mission, thank God you ladies exist, right? Because you're going to reach people who aren't necessarily aligned with Sistership Circle. And then there's going to be people who love us both, right? Hopefully. And and then there's people who just gravitate towards us. So it's it's like, yes, we're just spreading the mission of Circle. And then there's ways that we get to collaborate. And this is an example of that. Featuring each other on podcasts that we hold, and then for us, like featuring you in our Women's Circle Ritual Handbook. And yeah, I just, I, I'm so glad that we're talking about this because I think this is a big thing that gets in the way of women and where they posture. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about self-worth. Mm-hmm. I feel like growing up a very feminine woman, <laughs> a feminine person, more attuned to the feeling and the intuitive and the unseen, I've always felt very threatened by our systems. That's like what I've had to learn, how not to be threatened by the imbalanced masculine patriarchal culture of go, 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 data-driven everything. All of this stuff has been very threatening because I felt gaslit. I felt unseen. I felt in school like I was stupid. There were moments when I really didn't feel like I had the kind of intelligence that would be seen or appreciated. I always knew I had wisdom though. I always, I've always known that. But for me, there was a real deep wound and like not feeling enough in this world. And so then as a feminine person, building this feminine inspired business with this heartfelt, soulful mission, There have definitely been moments where I've looked at other people's businesses or or saw what other people were doing and felt inadequate because, oh, they knew how to do this thing better, or maybe they had done this thing more quickly, or gosh, they produce so much and I'm so tired. So I feel like I'm tuning into our listeners right now. I can almost see some faces of women who I know listen, who are incredibly empowered, beautiful women that are getting their businesses going right now. And especially those who are solo entrepreneurs or coaches and the space is so flooded with women who are doing this type of work now on many different levels. And I would love us to talk to them about why their medicine is still needed and, and how to think about you know, continuing, even though there might be somebody with a gazillion more followers than you or whatever might be the trigger. I just want to add in here, we are on the same team. And this is something that I actually am mind blown about all the time, especially on social media, like this call out culture of shaming another woman because maybe the message that they're sending isn't exactly the way that you would send it. But the reality is we're on the same team. So let's support one another. Let's uplift one another. Let's tell each other in compassionate and kind ways if we disagree with something that the other woman is saying. But ultimately, we need to uplift one another because their upliftment is 
our upliftment. If we change this paradigm of cutting other women down, we change everything. This is why we sit in circle. This is why we believe in circle. I can feel this potency of this particular conversation in this group of women because it's like in our hearts, all of our hearts. And so, Tanya, I'd love to pass it to you to add on to this because it's like so, ugh, I get so mad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. One woman's win is a win for all women. And I don't know the amount of emails that I have gotten where I voice an opinion and someone writes back and says, I'm unsubscribe me. I don't agree with you. And I'm like, can we have a conversation? Seriously, before we just automatically go towards canceling each other, can we lean into a conversation? And that is the power of circle. Because in circle, we don't all have to agree. Every single voice is welcome. We can honor, we really truly learn how to honor each other, even if we don't agree. And we can engage in a safe discussion where all voices matter. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I, I mean, I, and I just, I engage with them. I say, you know, before you cancel me, like, let's actually explore this. And the amount of times that then, it's really that they had a beautiful contribution to make, but they somehow didn't feel like they were worthy of sharing that and being a contribution to the larger organization of Sistership Circle, you know? And it's, it's just mind-blowing to me that that's where we've gotten to in this, in this cancel culture where we're so quick to dismiss people. And... Yeah, it's just enough is enough. <laughs> That's what I have to say. I mean, I love what you just said about a woman wanting to unsubscribe because she didn't think that you would be able to receive the value she had to add. And I, I think that's like, I really want to put a pin in that because one that shows just how open you are to creating community, to valuing the women who are in your community. That's what circle teaches. And that is not something that a lot of people have. If somebody disagrees with them, they're like, I don't have to listen to you. So first of all, I just want to like put the spotlight on you and your openness and your emotional maturity to recognize that there's value in the disagreement and how, how to integrate that. So first of all, that gives me so much trust in you as a leader. And if we can all model that, I feel like that's really a powerful way that we can start to bridge the division and also begin to bridge the need to compare and compete and then also have the people, I don't know, our tribal consciousness of, I believe these people over here and I have to act and do and say exactly what they do and say and believe. And we can actually start to have equality in our diversity. Yeah, and I'll bring in this piece of, of one of one of the examples here is one of our facilitators recently initiated having a circle specifically for women of color. And so one of the women who wrote basically said, I'm out of your community. I'm I'm unsubscribing because I don't agree with what you're doing. You're creating more separation. And I said, wait a second. Maybe we can get curious of why 
we're creating this and how it is actually a bridge. Because there are women in our community who are desiring to connect more in the space with each other to feel a sense of support and to have some conversations to then feel more confident to show up more fully in the larger community. That's the bridge there, right? So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's have these conversations and what can you contribute here? So I, and I also want us to bring it back to your original question, Lauren, around what is it that makes you unique? What is your medicine to bring? Right. And why we shouldn't get caught up in this competition when there's so many coaches and there's so many circles and there's so many people who have more followers than me. Right. And it's, this is a prime example of Tyra who created this wasn't even on her radar, but she was listening for what was needed in the space. And she was hearing what women were wanting in the community. And she was responding to that call and then bringing her medicine essentially as a leader to create that. And that doesn't mean that she's the only one who can do that. We can have other women doing exactly the same thing. And again, like, The way in which they're holding that space is going to be different because we each have our own individual gifts and strengths and talents and and medicine to give that the exact people who need that at that time are going to be drawn to. So I think that's the piece is like just keep listening not only to your own heart and what it is that you're desiring to create and staying true to you, but also like listening for What are you hearing that people are desiring and needing and how you can provide something that's going to meet that? So because we're running feminine conscious businesses, I think it'd be good to have a conversation about what that means for each of us and how we've also evolved through the process of running a business and what we're creating more of in our lives to really like enable our vessels to support the business in the best way possible. And I know that that's changed for each of us. So maybe we can talk about that. So birthing global sisterhood was like having a child for me. And because of not knowing my worth to the degree that I know now, and probably from ancestral patterns, I martyred myself big time. And I think we're moving out of the age of martyrdom in general. I think it's a collective thing. And I, yeah, based on just things I'd heard and shadows I believed about myself, I didn't want to fully step into my authority. And I gave my power away all the time to the point where at times global sisterhood became a cage for me. This beautiful thing, this gorgeous, wonderful, amazing thing that's helping so many people. I would hear their their testimonials. I would hear their thanks and it wouldn't penetrate because I felt like I was in a cage. And, you know, that's intense to say, but it was true for me energetically. There was 
shoulds and had tos and um, dynamics rooted in my trauma that I worked out on my first child, which was global sisterhood. Well, second child, my first child is my baby dog. Um, and I've seen actually the patterns that she's adopted after me as well. And, and global sisterhood has been like my greatest teacher because while I have never seen global sisterhood as like a traditional business, I've always spoken to her as a living, breathing energy, a, a teacher of me. And she really has taught me how to walk the path. Like, you can't preach to the amount of women that we speak to and not be taught how to walk it. So for that, I'm eternally grateful because I didn't really know sisterhood to the degree I know it now. I didn't really know my own power, my own belief, my own worth to the degree I know it now. I didn't really know many, 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 many things about myself, about the world. I did not have the level of empathy and compassion that I have now. She has taught me so many things. And along the way, she's taught me how to free myself from the cage. And so now, Global Sisterhood is not a cage to me. Global Sisterhood is this beautiful garden that I get to play in with Shayna. <laughs> it's, it's so different, but it took a lot of really hard, challenging experiences and uh, a lot of humbling, crying. Yeah, it was. It's been a way to meet myself. Yeah, I can, I can relate. It's been such an initiation, multiple initiations over and over and over again <laughs> with what what we do and and walking the walk, like you're saying, like really walking this path, really leading from a place of embodiment and and authentic, authenticity. And so, yeah, I've been brought to my knees so many times doing this work and so many partnerships in and out of partnerships that has, yeah, there's, there's a sovereignty that I've had to learn and working through sister wounds and, and the evolution for me right now has been doing deeper work to regulate my nervous system and this feels like what it really comes down to is my self-care is the regulation of my nervous system what are the ways in which i can do that that I'm not in this going, pushing, constant on, because I could easily just work. And that could be it because I love this work so much. And like, that's not healthy. And it can keep me stuck on on and activated in a way that can burn me out. And so I have to find that balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And also, when I am in stress and anxiety and more of that push, that then affects my family. 
especially my girls. And so I really had to learn how to balance three babies, <laughs> sister show circle, and then my two daughters. And that has been extremely challenging. Um, and so how do I model what it looks like to be a feminine leader and for them to see mommy doing work in the world and making impact, but also that I'm present and available for them and finding that balance has been hard, really hard. And then the last piece for me in the evolution is being online for the past decade plus and going from doing in person to then only virtual has left me feeling a little disconnected. As much as I love being able to have these deep, meaningful conversations on Zoom, just doesn't completely fulfill me. It's nothing like the in-person work that's available. And so that's led us to be in this evolution of creating our goddess temple here in Costa Rica and creating this safe and sacred space on the land to gather and so that we can continue to have the global reach online, but also that I can start doing more work in person. And I mean, yeah, it's like I could easily rent retreat centers, right? And, and do things locally and all that. But there's something for me and my husband also that we really felt called to be stewards of land and actually build a physical goddess temple in complete devotion and celebration of the divine feminine on this land that I am so, so excited about. And that's also been a hard project because it's like, okay, now we have another baby. There's the fourth baby, you know? So how do we balance all of these things and continue to stay regulated, mm. right? And I think that's why the nervous system work is so important. Well, congratulations. I want to talk all about the goddess temple because I am so excited for what that brings to the world in general. And I'll just answer my part. And I think for me, I came from a very corporate background. And so when I entered into the space, I felt the competition. I felt the drive to succeed in this way that I had been taught that success looks like. Through Lauren and I's partnership, I've really unraveled. And my, it's funny because our dynamics were linked as it so happens where I became the cager, <laughs> this cage that she speaks about. I wasn't the first cager, but I was a cager. But then, you know, we, we had these dynamics that kind of interlinked between us where like my dynamics of success and her dynamics of victim of the cage <laughs> really got to unravel together. And through our sisterhood, we really got to unpack all of it. And the way that it really became unpacked is through honest conversations, like radical honesty. And for us to to actually have the the real like confidence and trust in our commitment to one another that even if our conversations were hard, even if our conversations were seemingly pulling us to do something that felt separate than our joint mission, actually the joint mission was at the core. And it's been like a beautiful year for Lauren and I to, to realize that our inner journeys, our path that we have to walk in our own lives, right? Like we are not just global sisterhood. We used to think that we were, <laughs> but we're not. And when we got to like step out and actually 
take our own steps towards the directions that we were feeling called in that actually brought everything closer together. And so now we're at this point where there is more spaciousness, like a lot more. And we're getting to really like dream our real dreams, not just for global sisterhood, but for ourselves. And then through that, it's really like giving so much potency to the mission of global sisterhood and it's birthing new opportunities and new things. Oh my God, it's been so much just unraveling, I feel, and uncaging and relearning, repatterning. And there's so much more, but I think we're in this very open pasture right now. And so that's, thank God, <laughs> God is. I want to share a little bit on, on top of that, because uh-huh. really what Shana and I have been working out is our own internalized patriarchal wounds together that clearly get brought up in business because it's business. This is where the patriarchy dominates the world. So, so serious, our feminine circle. <laughs> <laughs> and like as much as we are just in our spiritual spiritual and in our prayer and in our feminine and in our heart, when it came down to money and structure and all of it, it's just that we had our own reactions to how we've adapted to living in a patriarchal world. And so together through sisterhood, and this is like also what has informed a lot of this podcast and what we do is like, oh, the patriarchy is healed through us too. We can't just ask men to just change. It's actually, we've internalized it and we change together. We change everything together. When we can liberate ourselves from the cage, the internalized cage, then like Shana said, there's so much more freedom and there's so much more juiciness. And I know this is the work that you do at Sistership Circle and This is why we're not competitors, because this is the most important thing we can be doing on the planet right now. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yes. Well, first of all, I just want to like celebrate the two of you in working through this, because what I see as a huge piece to us unraveling the the internalized patriarchy is healing the sister wound. And that that is such important work that you ladies are working through or have been working through. And it's like the more that we can continue to heal that thing that keeps us separated and keeps us divided as women, when we come together, that's when we really can make impact in unraveling these patriarchal conditions, essentially, that are out there in the world. So I just, I love that you're sharing this part and the dynamic and the, you know, within your partnership, because it's just, it's so critical that we continue to model that as leaders and we keep leaning in to heal the sister wound and the thing that, you know, the things that keep us um, divided from one another together, we're going to change the world, right? Not as individuals. Yeah. And so how do we honor our sovereignty as individuals while also working together as the collective, as the community, as the sisterhood and finding that balance between sovereignty and collective, I think is one of the most important conversations that we're having. Yeah. Yeah. It's been such deep work. And also I feel like Lauren and I were like, in I don't know, like we were like a married couple that was like quarreling for a long time. (laughs) 
But it was just like you push up against one another. Like I live with my sister now and I've done so much deep work with my sister too. So it's like, I bet, Tanya, this has come up for you too. Like you sign up to do sisterhood work and you're going to do sisterhood work. Like, and it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun. And sometimes it's fun, but sometimes it's really hard. Like, I don't know if I've ever experienced some of this pain quite like I've experienced pain through sisterhood stuff. Like it's excruciating. It's really awful <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. We had someone comment in our Facebook group around like, I'm not feeling sisterhood here. If anything, I've been experiencing more of the opposite of sisterhood since I've been in sistership circle. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Like, that's what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. If you want real and authentic sisterhood, then you got to deal with the wounds. Like, right. you're going to experience the opposite of that so that you can heal it. And actually then move into real and authentic sisterhood because real and authentic sisterhood has not been a model for us probably for thousands of years. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because we had to compete to survive, literally. 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 And so even if we don't think that we're competitive, it's there. And it, it might not even be like competitive, like I want to be better than, but it is a, it's like a nervous system response of I'm looking around am I safe? Yep. Am I welcome? Am I going to be seen? Am I going to be acknowledged? Am I less than? Am I better than? It's a subtle or very loud nervous system response. I mean, I still feel it going into events. I'm like, oh, okay. Am I going to, how are they going to receive me? It's like a very real wound. Can we now talk about the goddess temple? I'm so excited to hear about this next manifestation of your journey and what you're birthing forth and what that is like, because I imagine it's incredibly difficult too, because this stuff is not easy, but it's fun too. (laughs) Well, that's what we're trying to find is more joy and fun in this project. (laughs) It's like, we have to be the embodiment of that. So like, we can't be in just like the hard work of it and because we've just been so in it. But it's what brought us down here to Costa Rica is we, I mean, it's a beautiful story, but Brett and I were in ceremony for our wedding anniversary in 2020, October, 2020. And Brett had this vision. Um, he just went down some portal and had this vision and said, we're going to Costa Rica now. We're going to go build something and everyone's coming. And so we literally packed up our house, our kids and a cat and like, three weeks. And October 31st, we were on a flight. So that was that was October 4th. Like less than a month later, we were on a flight to Costa Rica, figuring out what the heck we were doing there. And then he came here to Santa Teresa uh, to get out of our business because we were partners with Sistership Circle. He did all of our back end, all of our marketing and website and technology. And he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I am done serving the feminine and then he wants to go uh, build a goddess temple but he he can't escape it (laughs) but he's like okay you know i need to find what really fulfills me i've given seven years of my life to this beautiful mission and i'm done you got you got to go figure out it on your own right from here um so he came to santa Teresa. And he was like, oh my God, this is our place. And then he's reading the surrender experiment. And he's literally having this thought of like, oh my God, I want to create a Burning Man temple that doesn't burn down. And 
and then he's reading he flips to the chapter in the surrender experiment of call it's called like burning or building the temple and he's like are you kidding me right now like okay this is it i want to do some kind of real estate development but really like i want to develop this project i want to develop a piece of land with a goddess temple that's essentially like the bridge between all of our work with sisterhood and his love of burning man and so we found this piece of land and so backing up to he proposed to me at the temple of grace sunrise burning man 2014 so this piece of land that we found is a sunrise piece of land so here on the peninsula you can either watch sunset from Santa Teresa or sunrise from Montezuma. And so when he found this, he saw the temple, literally like the sun rising over the temple. And he was like, this is it. So he brought me to the land and I'm feeling a full body yes. And he's like, all right, let's build this thing. So yeah, it's been quite a journey of securing the land, um, the magic that's unfolded in terms of getting the funding for that. And then, you know, continuing to get the land ready and building the whole plan, essentially, to start next year. And uh, so in the process of fundraising for it and developed an incredible team behind it. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, and so it's just going to be this, this space for retreats and events and festivals and bringing this uh, feminine arts space to the world and then you know can we go and then duplicate them in other places that's his long-term dream it's like okay one at a time <laughs> let's focus on this one first but yeah it's it's uh it's very inspiring for both of us and and everyone who we've been bringing in to co-create with us mm, it's so inspiring just in general thank you for sharing this because i also love burning man and i also love the feminine and what I love about Burning Man is the freedom of expression and the ability to just like put that creative energy to work. And you see creation like I've never experienced creation in this modern day. Like, yes, you can go visit Florence and see creation like of the Renaissance. And it's like, where does this even come from? Like, where does this inspiration come from? Because it's otherworldly. And I find that a Burning Man, too. It's very otherworldly. And so for those of you that haven't been, check out the art online. It's crazy what people can come up with and dream. Even this Temple of Hope she's talking about, it's beautiful. I am excited for you both for taking this on and like bringing that that beauty into the world because I think we need more examples of of beauty. And our natural world is so beautiful. But this this human meeting of the divine and our own consciousness to create something together is, is oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And that's one of the pillars or the, the core values of this project is creativity. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you're talking about of art and music and feminine arts and beauty and just feeling that creative power that's pulsing through us that shakti life force like we see it as this temple is not about like let's sit and pray in stillness and silence like this is an ecstatic space to like really wake that energy up within each of us and to really be in that shakti life force so it's like okay how do we stay alive 
How do we stay vibrant? How do we stay in joy as we're building this thing? So Tanya, for our last and final question, if in this moment you could open yourself up to be a channel of the divine feminine, the great mother, what message would she have for us all? Be yourself and speak your truth. And that's, I mean, that's it. It's like, there, we don't need to be anyone else but ourselves. We don't need to fit in anywhere. We belong when we are truly tapping into our authenticity. And I think that's been a big theme today, is learning to trust ourselves in, in our authentic truth. And, you know, and so speaking your truth, and that might be radical, honest courageous conversations like the two of you had with each other or leaning in when you disagree with a sister instead of canceling her. So we have to find that, like really trusting that authenticity and then being able to communicate that. And that's what's really going to heal the wounds and help us to unravel the patriarchal conditioning. Mm. Hi, yay. So it is. Thank you, Tanya, so much for being here on this podcast today. I am a proud teammate of yours, and I know Lauren is too. It's so good to be here with you, and thank you so, 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 so much for the hard work that you've put in all these years doing this sisterhood work. I know you've helped so many women, so thank you. And can you share with us how women can find Sistership Circle or get in touch with you? Yeah, so sistershipcircle.com, and I'd also love to... If we put this into the show notes, it'd be awesome. The Women's Circle Ritual Handbook, the fall edition. Lauren has contributed an incredible ritual. I think it's for sewing. And there's 40 other incredible rituals from other badass facilitators from around the world. It's such a work of art, this book, um, and such a beautiful resource both for if you're leading circle, you can use these rituals or just in personal ceremony. So yeah, we'll, hopefully we could show that link and women can go and get that, that book. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the time in the feminine podcast. We love you and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the time in the feminine podcast. It's so fun and such a privilege to have these conversations with these incredible guests. We ask that you follow them, support them, like their work, buy their books. And it's an even greater privilege and honor that you, sister, are listening. And so we want to give back to you. If this episode was meaningful, let us know by giving us a review and come join us in Circle. Every new moon, we have a donation-based circle. No woman is turned away. So come, sit, show your face, listen, be a part of the community, and let us dive deeper and do this work together in action, in practice, together in sisterhood. And for those of you who are already holding space and want to dive deeper into this art, you are invited to take Sacred Facilitator or any of our facilitation programs that we have throughout the year. So go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more or follow us at The Global Sisterhood on Instagram. Episodes drop every single Thursday and we have some really beautiful episodes.
episodes in store. So until then, loves, much love and a big, big hug.